You need to do more. You've got music to learn, lessons to teach, emails that are piling up, that audition you're supposed to be practicing for, that article you were going to write, your website that needs to be updated, and you haven't seen your family in a while. Does this sound familiar? As musicians today, there are more challenges and demands for your time than ever before. Partially because there are more opportunities than ever before. Chances are your podcast queue is filled with interviews of interesting people who are starting new funky ensembles or winning prestigious positions or becoming famous on social media. But just because you can do all this stuff, does it mean that you should? Well, today on the show, we're discussing why we need self-care and what it looks like for each of us. And turns out, like many things, it's not the same for everyone. And we share a simple test to find out how you can care for yourself based on what you value. Well, if you are new to the show, this is indeed the Per Service Podcast. We have these discussions about life and performing arts to help encourage and hopefully inspire other classical musicians to live healthy and successful lives. Because a musical life is a service to honor the composer's intentions, to present the art to a receiving audience, and to train up the next generation of musicians and patrons. And often musicians neglect themselves in this process. So that is our mission here to encourage you with the things that we have learned and are learning through our discussions. You can learn more about who we are by visiting our show notes page, which is www.perservice.co slash 28, like the numbers. One last thing, we would like to thank so much Fix Music Publishing for providing the hosting for the show. You've probably heard me say this before, that Fix Music stocks violin and piano music. Guys, that was so 2016. The orchestral expansion has begun, and they've already added a significant number of viola, cello, and double bass titles, and they're currently working on adding winds and brass. Awesome. They've spent a lot of time building a whole new system for classifying titles, so you can expect improved navigation pretty soon. And so if you need some sheet music, go check out fixmusic.com. That's F-I-C-K-S music.com. And don't forget, you can use the promo code per service, no space, and that will get you 10% off your order. All right, here is the show. So I suppose we could begin this conversation the way I end every podcast. Isn't that is that I say, be well and practice well. And it's kind of always seemed like a little kitschy phrase. And it, I mean, it is okay. I'm not going to deny that. It's like, I feel like uh, Jerry Springer is, um, take care of yourselves and each other. It was already taken. <laughs> Jerry so I had to think. Springer I had, says that. Had That's have interesting. Yeah. It was always remember, alarming. Remember the, those what what the does he say? Days, say it one more time. He says, remember, take care of yourself. Except what he actually means is drag people here and, and punch each other in the face for $100 a pop. Right. <laughs> Fun times. I would have loved to see yeah. the Catch Me Outside, How About That Girl on his show. I feel, like she, yeah. I feel like she like missed her generation. <laughs> she did. You're so right. I do. I oh, excuse I, me? Catch Me Outside? About. How about that? that? Guys, I'm, are you living in 2017? Because Christian and I are. I'm not watching. Yeah, you need to Google it. Is it girl, I, like, Dr. Phil? I don't understand the words that Christian said, though. That I didn't how, either. That's, that's, that's the point. That's kind of the point. It's like she's a woman of the streets, except she's like 14. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she's a white girl. 
She's saying, "Cash me outside." How about that? Catch me, catch out. me cash. outside. Catch me outside. It's like me out. I'm gonna punch you. We're, like gonna, we're gonna fight. We're gonna fight we're gonna in the fight street. Yeah, like, All right, everyone, go Google it. Get an education about what teens are talking about these days. Outside. How about that? And don't get in a street fight because that's not self care. It is not self care. Hannah, you, this was a, a an issue that is near and dear to your heart. Yeah. Just kind of talking a little bit more about what's the big deal about self care. To me, it sounds a little frou frou, like oh, you need a, you just need to have a spa day. Mm-hmm. But like I was saying in the beginning, I don't think musicians we I don't, we don't talk about this. And for some reason, when I believe it was my teacher first signed an email to me once, like be well and practice well, and it really jumped out to me because it was very uncharacteristic of him because he was always like, you just need to practice seventeen hours a day, like I did, you know. And it's just like someone else is practicing right now, and so. I feel like musicians, we all we hear a lot is like, you just need to do more. You need to, you know, aim higher and you need to be playing more difficult pieces and not like, hey, make sure you also take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know, what, what comes to your mind when you think about self-care? Well, for me personally, I really I am attracted to the holistic approach that self-care strives to embody this sort of thing where you want to be successful in your career, but you also want to be healthy and whole as a person, right? It's about having balance. It's about functioning well inwardly as well as outwardly. But I tend to ignore it if it looks a little bit too cliche. And I think that's a very fine line, you know, because when when things like this get popular and they get turned into a buzzword and then you'll start seeing, you know, there's a new hashtag for it. And then it's about how cool and how perfect can we make self-care look on Instagram or little, you know, vines or YouTube clips. And it's like, well, my self-care doesn't look that amazing. Or Mm -hmm. like when I have a spa day at home, it's everything is not perfectly mopped and cleaned and I'm not wearing a bathrobe. There is photo evidence of you having spa day while Maria is practicing. Yeah, actually that is true. Okay. Fair (laughs) caught. Gotcha. You did. No, but and so Right. You know, I don't want to also compare my self-care to others. I think it can also be a very personal thing. And that makes it also hard to kind of open up about. And also, it's a rare case where opening up about your insecurities is something you you do to get a compliment or do to help people like, oh, look at how well I'm taking care of myself because I'm falling apart or like, because, <laughs> because I'm not actually doing OK. Like, that's not a typical phrase you right. hear. And that's definitely not how someone wants to be. That's not how you want to be viewed, you know, as the person who always has to practice self-care because they can't hold it together normally. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I think, Christian, that's an interesting, like my first thought when I think of others and that I've witnessed talking about self-care is not to think of them as less, although that makes sense too. It's it's one of two ways, right? Either people are bragging about self-care and how responsible and put together they are in taking care of themselves, or right. they seem right. like, ooh, that person needs a lot of self-care. Well, I, so when when you say that, like what are people exhibiting when you see when you see them and you say, Oh, that person, like, they gotta take care of themselves. Like what is what is it about them that jumps out? Well, makes- I think you know, you see people that like maybe their hygiene's not so great or they don't seem to be sleeping enough. There there are like a couple boxes you can tick off to be like, that person could use a little TLC. <laughs> but I think, right. you know, we don't like you said, we don't talk about it a whole lot in the musical field, even though I think it's really important. I feel like people with real jobs, <laughs> you know, they have a nine to five. They've got a consistent schedule and it's like they work out before 
work and they do the same thing every day and they've got their lunch spots or they know exactly what they're packing. They do their meal planning on Sunday and like pack seven salads or whatever. You know what I mean? I feel like because we don't have the consistent lifestyle, we are not prone to thinking about this as much as other people. We might be all for therapy or yoga or whatever, but in theory, that sounds great. But then as you all know, our schedule changes every day and the hours are never the same. And it makes it hard to think about yourself and what you need. That is true. Well, there are two things. First, there's a glorification of busyness, you know, that we fall into. But then also, I mean, this is a situation I've been in recently where I am taking all the work I'm being offered because I don't know if I'm going to have it for a long time. You know, I think that's another thing is we get behind, we don't talk about it because we feel like there is no time for the self-care mm-hmm. because we have to go do these other things because we might not have that opportunity to do that again. So how do you hear when you hear people glorifying busyness? What does that sound like? People, you know, you brag about how busy you are. Oh, you only have a double today. Well, not only do I have a double, but I have to drive three hours to a rehearsal for tonight. And in between there, I have to teach four lessons on Skype while I'm driving. Like, I mean, <laughs> or, you know, some, something like that. Like there's just, oh, I didn't get home until, you know, 1am and then I have to have my me time. So I couldn't go to sleep until two. And now I'm here at rehearsal at 10. It's like you brag about how busy you are. Yeah. Or even for me, like I realize I have the automatic response to, hey, how are you? Like, fine, thanks. A lot to do. A lot going on. Busy. It's automatic, literally without thinking. And I thought about that today. I was like, that's disgusting. I was like, why? <laughs> that is gross. <laughs> no, seriously. I felt sick to my stomach. Oh, no. This is not okay. And I, I don't like this natural response. And that also made me think about self-care. The most important step before self-care is awareness. Like you have to actually catch yourself and realize, okay, I need to take care of myself. And then I think there are two levels on which we should be careful and really be aware about applying self-care. The first one I would say is probably for the already healthy lifestyle. Like if you're busy or you just have normally busy, you have a lot going on and you realize, okay, I just need some time off or you schedule a free afternoon. That's good. Or you realize, oh, I'm sitting a lot in rehearsal. I'm not, or I'm driving to them. So I need to make sure I do some sports or I take my yoga mat with me if I'm going away for the weekend so I can do some yoga YouTube videos in the hotel room, something like this. But then there's also the long-term or subconscious effects of being burned out or too busy and not realizing it. That's the really tricky one and also very important one to catch. If you realize that you've created a habit or a pattern in your lifestyle, which is actually having negative effects on you and you need self-care, but you don't know what to do. So you think, oh, spotty is going to fix it when in reality, the problem isn't, you know, the busy afternoons. It's, It's every afternoon being busy, you know, that you're saying yes to too much. And a good friend of mine really opened my eyes to it because I thought maybe, you know, I was just a little bit like absent-minded. That's it. I'm like, I sometimes I feel like the absent-minded professor, you know, I lose things or misplace things. Or I'm just a little mm-hmm. bit scatterbrained. And then one day he was like, yeah, I was getting ready to go and I couldn't find my pocket calendar. And he was like, it was not where I put it last time. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, where is my brain? And I realized I was, I'm too busy or I'm too stressed out because I'm not functioning like I normally should. And it had never occurred to me that being absent-minded or being scatterbrained is something that I don't have to take as normal. So getting myself to calm down and really kind of applying self 
care inwardly got me to this point where I'm at now where I lose things much less frequently. I'm able to keep my room and my personal space and my belongings in much better order. And also in return, my life is a little bit, I would, I would say in, in better shape in that sense, because I applied this sub-level of self-care. That's important for musicians too, because so many of us are scatterbrained and because our schedules aren't consistent and we're responsible for a lot of details and double and triple booking can happen. There's so much room for error in our profession. And we're already like, we're the artist, the creative that's like focused on these otherworldly things as the world sees it. And then we live up to that stereotype by losing all of our crap all the time. When it's not like you're saying like a habit, you can just form a new habit and not accept absent-minded professor status as your <laughs> your resting state. Okay, so it sounds like <laughs> for you, the first step was just like being aware of sort of these problematic states, like the, making mistakes and like being lost, like just getting, getting aware that, hey, maybe this isn't normal. Exactly. I think awareness, yeah, is definitely the first step. I'd love to get into some practical things you do to practice self-care in just a little bit. But first, I'm going to get back to, would you say that being aware of your need for self-care is something you just recently discovered? Or is this sort of just a new fad? Is it a new buzzword? I feel like a little bit is, we always used to talk about work-life balance. Is it the same? Or is this something that you started thinking about after you got out of school when you were gigging? Or when, when did this kind of idea start becoming more present in your life? Well, I think my biggest step for self-care was when I realized that I was battling depression and found a therapist and went for a year. And that was probably the best thing I've ever done for myself in terms of self-care. And I would recommend that to everyone. It totally erased my stigma of therapists. And I tell everyone now, even my friends who are perfect and healthy, I'm like, still go get one. It's great to just mention things to people who are not in your personal sphere of friends and family and coworkers. So amen. Yeah. yeah. So I don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be struggling with depression. Of course, if you are. Absolutely. But you can be a normal person that thinks you're happy most of the time and still need to work through some stuff mentally. Yeah. And I, I've made it a point. I go back about at least every six months just for a, I mean, the last one was kind of like, well, everything's actually going fine. And that's how this and this and this ended out or ended up. And this is kind of what I'm going through now. And I think that's a really valuable thing to have in your life. Even when I thought I couldn't afford it, I found out there are some options through insurance and even government subsidized ways to also get some self-care. So that's also not a decision that should be based solely on money. Also mentioned a lot of therapists have sliding fee scales. Like even they will say on their website, I charge, you know, $120 an hour. Ask if they have a sliding fee scale. Oh yeah. Especially for musicians. The good news is that if you're in school, a lot of conservatories and universities have the resources for you to be able to find a therapist. And if you're not in school, you know, the thing that's hard is if you think you need to go to therapy and you or you want to look into it, it is a long road to find somebody you click with. And it can be a daunting task, but just like stick to it, do your research, make those hard phone calls. Because once you go into the office and you figure out the financial stuff, it's it's much easier and then you can definitely be on your way. And I do think self-care starts with the brain, like for sure. Did you talk or did you think much about self-care when you were in school or was it just like, you need to just practice more? Yeah, no, I definitely thought you just have to practice all the time. Like just yeah. not practicing your failure. So I also I really didn't think about it 
you know, until after school to be, and by after school, I mean, after undergrad, it's changed for me throughout the years, how it looks. And I'm kind of in the process of rediscovering that right now, actually. It's been a really hard couple of months of stress and confidence shattering things. Confidence shattering things. Honestly, I think I'm like physically and mentally still recovering from it. I think I'm still in a recovery period. It's amazing how prolonged period of stress, like when it ends, like your body is just like, I'm done. <laughs> and your brain is just, you feel a little crazy. And I'm not like actually a crazy person. And so I don't, I don't like that. And so sometimes I think you just do need a recovery period where you're just kind of like you're down. Totally. Yeah. That's what it does. I don't think it necessarily always means like, Oh, just take up one day and get a massage or one day and go to the beach and you're good to go. Like, right. Right. I mean, that that's more of what I would call like a maintenance routine. You, you can have maintenance. Self-care. Exactly. That's like, what yeah. I was talking about. Like for the, the moments mm-hmm. of, you know, when everything is functioning normally and it's just, you know, a little tune up like you right. do a car, you know, right. keep everything in check. The maintenance. Mm-hmm. Perfect and example. So I think like a maintenance thing. But so I don't know. Right now I'm kind of um, trying to figure out a new way to do <laughs> The regularly scheduled maintenance, self-care maintenance <laughs> that maybe will work mm-hmm. better for my new life situation. And I think that's the thing we need to remember. Like, as your life situation changes, what you need mentally and physically to stay healthy will most likely also change. Right. There are and periods so, like... Oh, sorry, yeah. Sorry. And so it's not like I've been totally neglecting it. I think I have allowed, you know, stress and fears to take over some of that stuff. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm I'm just trying to find a new way. A new way for me. <laughs> I do feel like undergrad or as you finish undergrad, you do wake up to the need for self-care more. You know, undergrad is a survival period. And in high school and like in high school and undergrad, you're just a young person. And for the most part, everyone's healthy and able to do insane things like not sleep and go to classes. And you're tired, but your body's capable. Yes. And, you know, my freshman year, I did have a body breakdown with the diagnosis of an autoimmune disease. But... Even after that, I still bounced back and I was mostly a healthy person. You know, like you're saying, there are phases. Undergrad is one thing. Maybe that's your initial awakening sometimes to what you need and and the therapy required for the rest of your life (laughs) or to just work out. You know, I think everybody needs to be in therapy, but I really think musicians need to because it's not a normal career path. You deal with a lot of different types of relationships and interpersonal issues than you do in other field. And the thing that's tricky is that sometimes you do have to spend a couple of sessions <laughs> describing your life to a therapist. Greg and I went, I guess maybe a year and a half ago now, just because we needed some help working through some things because his string quartet was going through some decisions and we were just trying to evaluate where we were and having dedicated a lot of time and moving around for this string quartet. And we had to spend probably four sessions outlining what it's like to be in a string quartet and what that means for a lifestyle, because it's really, it's just not a normal thing. You know, after undergrad, you're back to what we were talking about. You maybe have a system in place for what you think of as self-care, but like now the four of us are in our thirties and it means something totally different. Like this week I'm learning about a new form of self-care because I feel geriatric and my shoulders busted. You know, like you're going to enter into different phases, but I think that the awareness, like Christian's saying, it starts with awareness, it starts with the brain, and then it can bleed out from there and it's going to look different for everybody probably. But maybe we can talk about the ways that 
the four of us do it. You know, I, I, I will say there are times that I have been confused by like, why do I feel like this? Or why am I letting this one situation or this one conversation? Why are you bleeping me? It was an accident. I was trying to get my screen brightness up. Carry on. <laughs> one. Why am I letting this one conversation or situation, you know, rule my life or consume so much of my brain space? When in the scheme of things, I can logically say it's not going to be a big deal or it is going to be a big deal. But no matter what happens, you know, life is going to continue on regardless of the outcome. And when I am honest with myself and I have a minute to really think about things, usually it's because whatever conversation or situation is consuming me or that I am allowing to consume is usually directly related to where my priorities are. Mm -hmm. And it's not always something that I like that my priority is there when I'm honest with myself, you know, it doesn't seem like the healthiest choice. So you want, yeah, you so, want to know, does my, does my self care directly correlate to when I realize, ah, that's where my priority is. Well, sometimes my I, lack of self care or my uneven self care, cause like self care is physical and mental for me at least. And mm -hmm. so sometimes like I'll do better at taking care of one thing than the other. And I usually notice that it's because there's a situation that is consuming my brain space more than it probably should. And I'm like, why is that happening? It's usually because that situation or that conversation directly relates to the area of my life that I am prioritizing. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I definitely experienced that. And then I also experienced a little bit of this phenomenon where it's like, if I'm letting a project or a fear or concern or even just general busyness kind of quench one of my priorities or quench something that I also care a lot about, that manifests itself also as mental and physical breakdown. I realize like I'm not functioning because I'm actually not taking care of my priorities or not. Mm -hmm. Works both ways. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get that. I so I think, I think regarding how you mentioned it. And I'm not saying that priorities are bad, but I guess it comes back to the balance thing. I mean, obviously we have to have priorities. But they are, our priorities though are telling of our, of the way we function and how we view the world. Right. I guess that's what I mean. There have been times I've been surprised by things that I have let blow up or not by blow up. I don't mean explode. I just mean like start taking over more of my life. Mm -hmm. No, totally. I think that it's, that's really interesting. So Michael had us do these tests by, I think it was Dr. Demartini or the Demartini Institute, something like this. I hope I'm not butchering that name. And so the, the five big sectors of my life that define my priorities are in this order for me, creativity. And then number two, socializing or self-care through food. <laughs> Number three, career, success, and money. Number four, marriage and lifestyle. And then number five, self-care through sports and appearance or also self-reflection and personal development. Kind of like continuing education or like I'm really into springboard diving. So that's one thing that I really make time for. And what I realized is if I'm really feeling bogged down by an orchestral project or another sort of writing project I'm doing... Rather than pushing through it or trying to amend my physical and mental breakdown through the work I'm actually supposed to be doing, I will turn to either something creative like drawing or the one before that was drawing. Or even when it was writing, I turned to practicing viola like six hours a day because <laughs> I was like, this is creative and it's just it's me taking care of my creative soul because I'm too overwhelmed to actually 
do the work I should be doing. Or I'll go into the kitchen and basically make everything on the Smitten Kitchen website or throw crazy dinner parties because it's, yeah, just like Jess said, get out this uh, unbalance that I'm creating in my life by not taking care of myself. I think it's interesting because it helps us to get to know you and you're like, it's, it's super interesting. Yeah. So I think that's, that's how self-care comes out in, in my life. I mean, I know there are a couple things which have now established themselves as standards in my life. Like for example, if I just exercise twice a week and try to get eight to nine hours of sleep, I'm a much nicer person to everyone I come across. And that's just, that's just a normal standard for me now. I know I that. That's, I think that's great that you know that. I know Doesn't mean have... I always hold myself to that rule, but yeah. I at least know that that is a standard. And if I abide by that, I will see some benefits. Yeah. Like, you know what you require. And it's interesting listening to your version of self-care too, because I wish that I was that way. I love baking and cooking and hosting. That's my favorite thing to do, honestly. But I only do that when I feel like my life is organized and put together and I'm rested enough. And I kind of wish it was the other way that I would just do that automatically as a creative outlet instead of being like, no, my house has to be organized. Everything has to be spring cleaned. I need to be practiced up, completely ready for the week and feeling 100% before I can host this dinner party that would bring me the most joy. Like stupid. Come on, Anna. (laughs) It's funny. Maria says the same thing. She'll ask me how far I am along on a project and I'll say I'm not that far. She knows something's coming when she asks me that in the morning. And then I spend most of, you know, the time before lunch and after lunch cleaning. And then I'm like, so let's have a dinner party or like, let's do something. She's like, I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. And it's like, (laughs) you know, it shocks her because I think she's kind of like you, like when she's done her work and when everything is in order, then she treats herself. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. nope, I need to treat myself before I can work. I love that. But I'm definitely the opposite. (laughs) Or, but I think, I think, yes, that is true. But at the same time, I really have looked at it like if there's some sort of emotional blockade, is that a word? Blockade? Mm -hmm. If there's like an emotional blockade or like for some reason that I can't get a large chunk of work done, that creative outlet actually, rather than being resistance, it restores balance. It gets me at least into a place where I'm like, okay. I functioned the way I want to or the way I think I should. And now I can devote myself to that work rather than depleting myself of all energy, trying to just do, you know, the nuts and bolts of life. Part of it is just knowing yourself. And some of us require more rest than others. It's another thing Jess and I talk about a lot. We both prioritize rest just because we know we have to or we can't function. Right now, seven and a half hours of sleep is great for me, but I'm trying to figure out... If I go to bed at 11, I'm not going to wake up seven and a half hours later. That's so early. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. So problem numero uno. You know, I feel like my whole life, I'm not a naturally skinny person, I would say. And also health and being skinny or not is related to my uh, my medical condition a lot. So I get a little confused about that kind of stuff. But I do think that, you know, science says exercising is good for you. Great. If you have the energy to do that, you should pencil it in because it's going to make your life happier. I don't know anyone that exercises consistently and is like, of course, nobody likes going to the gym. It's not like some people are weirdos and they're like, I can't wait to run 10 miles today. There are some weirdos, weirdos but for the most part, you know, those weirdos would also think that practicing for four hours is super fun. (laughs) But I, but I mean like, you know, most people have to make themselves do these things that they don't want to do, but the benefit afterwards is important for your brain and your body and your balance. And it's just like, just do that. And Christian, once again, with the wisdom who says to do things unemotionally, 
Like mm-hmm. I joined a gym this week cause it's only $10 a month and I've been three times because I just like put my shoes on and go out the door. I'm just like, all right, doing this now. Yeah. Done. Exactly. For me, when I started thinking about it and taking the quiz, the, like determine your values, something that really popped out to me was just this idea of being intentional about your time and, and even being intentional about your self-care and that everybody's different. That There's no, like, just because you think hanging out with friends refreshes you or energizes you, maybe it's not all your friends. Maybe it's like just, maybe it's certain friends because I think you have to really take stock of what friends are really life-giving and maybe what friends are, you know, suckers. I don't don't know a better term for that. They're the suckers. Totally. Some people are going to make you feel rested while other people are going to make you feel drained after hanging out Mm -hmm. with them. And it's not that they're bad people. It's just Mm -hmm. because of how you guys relate to each other or it's not like you have to dump them necessarily, but just know where you are and know if that's a good choice to hang out with that person that night. That's all. And same with me that sometimes, I mean, I realize I think that our mental states are fragile. Like even dumb things like the weather can really start to weigh on you. Then that's for me. I think this winter has just been really tough being back in the Midwest here in Northern Indiana, like getting through, oh, it was just wet, cold and gray. And, gray. and I think a lot of that was also practicing a lot for auditions and it didn't really amount to much other than, well, now I can play Don Juan pretty good. Other than that, I don't have much to show for it. And so I'm kind of feeling this like kind of stagnant creatively um, because I don't necessarily view practicing for auditions as being creative. Yeah. It's like just woodshedding. And so it was, it was interesting seeing, taking the, the quiz and seeing that I really value doing new things and doing new creative projects. And, uh, and so for me, it was, I, I noticed that, oh, I need to do something different and interesting. Sure. Okay. Start us off, Jess. Where are you at right now with self-care? Tell us about your life. Well, like I said, I'm kind of in the midst of a recovery I don't know. It's just been a mentally difficult and physically I had, I've, I've been dealing with an injury and I'm, that actually forced me to do some self care that I felt like I didn't really have time for, but then you make time when you can't play your instrument because you're in so much pain. So, I mean, don't get to that point, everybody. Terrible. No, I'm just trying to figure out how to, I'm kind of in the building stages and I'm, I'm feeling a little depleted and a little discouraged. So how do I, stay motivated to keep things up this summer so that I'm ready for whatever might come my way in the fall. And like the fall is very uncertain for me. And I think that's part of the reason I'm feeling drained is I don't know what's what will be. So I got to figure out how to be okay and healthy mentally and physically and violinistically, regardless of what might be coming my way. Uncertainty at all times. And I just really let it get to me the past winter. I'm trying to figure out how to get out of that. That's not a great answer to your question, but it's where I'm at. Well, hey, stay tuned for part two. Being real is super valuable to our listeners. I think so. Anna. Oh, you turn it, turn the table. Yeah. I'm going to turn the tables on you. I feel like my life is a cycle of telling myself things that I need to be doing and just worrying about not doing them. And I think that that's been crippling for me in a lot of ways. And like we said, I've always prioritized practicing practice or die was like everyone's motto until 23 when your body was like, maybe check in with me, maybe a little check in. And so I feel like now that I'm well beyond practice or die, my main goals 
have been recently and not my main goals, but my obsessions have been like, let's be healthier. Let's eat better. Let's be skinny. You know, things that aside from career, like when I took the this Martini or however you say it test, my my priorities were like career success and health and home. I love that stuff. And in order for me to be a good musician, I absolutely have to have control over my home and my space because I do prioritize rest. And now I'm at a new stage in life that I hope will last because I've been revving up to this for like 10 years where I finally have a consistent workout regimen and I'm more conscious about eating. I'm a very all or nothing person. So like either I'm practicing 10 hours a day and my body's broken and I've done nothing else or I'm just a couch potato. So I'm really trying in the future if I'm a mom, I'm like, I've been looking at other people thinking, how the heck does anyone have a career in music and be a mother or a wife or do anything else for themselves? So I really do want to, I'm coming at it now from a place where I just would like to feel good about my brain, my body and my music making and then make time for things like cooking and baking that I enjoy a lot. And I've had a similar situation this week as Jess in that, you know, I've dealt with tendonitis before, but I think living in New York is dangerous in many ways, but schlepping is a big problem here because you just like end up carrying heavy things around. And I definitely did something to my shoulder a couple months ago. And then of course this week when I have the busiest week of all time, my shoulder was like, no, thank you. And I'm having to get x-rays and MRI and figure it out. And it's my right shoulder, of course. But you know, you have to learn like in those moments, if you're not going to take time off, you have to take every measure you can to figure out what the problem is and to do as much as you can to be able to to practice and play if you need to. And I think that's a very, very fine line. But, you know, if your body's saying, hold on, you have to listen to it and and spring into action. Don't put off physical injuries. And Christian's also injured right now. So we're basically nailing it. Michael, you got any ailments going on? <laughs> Join uh, the club? <laughs> I, I don't have any physical ailments, but I have, I've got my share of the mental ones. Yeah. Yeah. I have the mental ailments, which is which is it sounds so funny as a culture we're very understanding of the physical ailments like hey i can't come to work today because i need to have a sick day but there's no understanding for i need to have a mental sick day if you're you know really battling some depression a lot of people don't understand or it's not taken as seriously as like oh i've sprained my wrist or something or can't type but i think the mental ailments can be much more serious this is the thing why I think it's important for musicians is if you aren't taking care of yourself, like it's going to derail and it's going to detract from any productivity. And if it keeps up, if it becomes this long-term burnout and you have habits of not healthy lifestyle, you can really get burned out or turn to really detrimental things. I think there are lots of stories of famous musicians that just got really burnt out from the whole performing lifestyle. I'm thinking primarily of like Michael Rabin, the violinist who was really addicted to drugs. I mean, like tremendous uh, talent. And so sad. Same with, I think Nadia Slerna Sonnenberg talks very openly about her struggles with mental health and, you know, to the point of attempting to commit suicide. And so it's like, it's, it's very serious to, to become more aware and start to get to know yourself. And I think that's is one of the first steps I'd, I think I'd recommend is check out the link to the uh, Demartini values test. Because for me, it was it's really powerful to take stock and take inventory of what are you thinking about most of the days? What does your inner dialogue sound like? What physical items do you surround yourself with? All these like little clues that by themselves don't really seem to make sense. But when you put them all together and it's just like a 13 question test, 
all of a sudden when you see them all in one place, you're like, wow, I, I think about the beach a lot or, or, you know, it's like, well, maybe you should move to the beach, you know, or, or like, I think a lot about being perceived as being successful and having, uh, like, what does that mean? Having the website or having this podcast be perceived as being successful. And it's like, wow, I have a lot of unconscious weight about the success of this podcast. And, And a lot of it, I can't really control. Yeah. So becoming aware and becoming intentional about what you're doing, what you're surrounding yourself with, is some of that really long-term things that you could start to do to uh, take care of yourself and each other. No. Um, that's a that's about it for me. Yeah. Sounds good. It is good. I you know I would if you guys are up for it. I think that we should have a follow up episode to this one in a couple of months just because I feel like it sounds like we're all kind of in a restarting place or recalibrating our self-care and maybe in a couple weeks, couple months, we can take another look at how, what that is turning into for us. Cause it's going to be different for all of us. And, you know, maybe we'll try some things and be like that, mm-hmm. you know, that didn't really work. So I tried something else. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe we should. That sounds like a good that. idea. I like that. I'm, gonna I'm into it. Order my seaweed uh, blackhead peel. Yeah. I you kind of actually mask. really want to do that. Though. Not kidding. Oh, like the black charcoal. Yeah. Like one? paint my face with the. My question thing. is, is like, what's the point of getting rid of all your blackheads? Like, well, you want to get the crap so out of you your can, skin. So, so you, you can, can fill them up again. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, they just fill them back up again. I know. It's a great question, Michael. Everybody ruminate on this topic. We'll return to it soon. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this has been a good first step in. I think it's been very good. I am recharged yeah. by you guys. Yeah, it's, it's helpful. I've enjoyed this time together. Oh, you guys are the best. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. You're not a bunch of suckers. All right. Cut the crap. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm Michael Giblin. I'm Anna Luce. I'm Jessica Weersma. And I'm Christian Marshall. Um, I like that the mouth trumpet sounded a little, little, little energy today. <laughs> I'm a little tired. Well, that is our show, folks. If there's one thing you did after listening to this episode, it should be to go take the Determining Your Values test by the Demartini Institute, which you can find on our show notes page at www.perservice.co slash 28, like the numbers. Because spa days, vacations, staycations, or the me time are great tune-ups and good personal maintenance routines. But if you aren't intentionally taking care of what you truly value in a way that works for you, then you'll always be feeling depleted. Well, I think we all realize that we have some work to do on this. So we're going to check back in in a couple episodes and see how things are going. So thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We would love to hear what you think. If you have some suggestions or let us know what you're struggling with, send us an email to hey at perservice.co. That's H-E-Y at perservice.co. Or you can find us on Instagram. We are at perservicepodcast. You can leave us a note in an iTunes review, which we would definitely appreciate. The more reviews we can get, the better iTunes will recommend our show to other musicians. And the more listeners we get, the more I will think that this podcast is successful, which apparently is something that I value. So please 
help me help you. And this show is made possible by the support of listeners like you. We would especially like to thank Siri Bloom, Kathleen Lovingood, Sarah Lee, and Anne Bergerman for their generosity by supporting us on Patreon. If you enjoy our show, would you consider making a monthly contribution so that we can devote more time to making this show better and more often? If so, search for our show on patreon.com. Of course, there's a link for that in the show notes page, preserves.co slash 28. One cool new thing I'd like to tell you about is that we are now selling pencils on our website. Not just your average run-of-the-mill pencils, but these are some of the nicest pencils you've probably ever used. They are softer, darker than the standard number two, and they have this really cool eraser and this really beautiful pastel colors. You should really give them a try. We absolutely love them. Visit perservice.co and click on the tab that says store, and you can learn more about them. In closing... I really like the way Audrey Lord summarizes this topic. She says, self-care is not about self-indulgence. It's about self-preservation. All right. Well, we'll see you again in two weeks. Until then, be well and practice well. Catch me outside. How about that?